somebody is ill, somebody has some other difficulty, somebody is worried about his children, so we are all very worried. It's part of human nature that if something is a source of concern, then we will be worried about it. But the one thing that we seem to be very little worried about is that which matters to us most. And that is, what will be our condition the moment we leave this dunya? How will we fare in the qabr when those questions are put to us? Man rabbuk, ama deenuk, ama taqoodu fi How will we fare on the day of Qiyamah when we are being put to account and having to give an account of our life in this world. That a person will not be able to move from the spot he's on on the day of Qiyamah until he asks his utmost four questions and he gives those answers. His life, where he spent his life, his youth, his wealth, how he acquired it and where he spent it. 
and his knowledge, whatever knowledge, whatever extent he knew aspects of deen, how much he practiced upon it. So this is something which is as imminent as now. What will happen, whether load shedding will happen or not tomorrow, that's tomorrow. Whether the price of oil will go up or down tomorrow, that's still tomorrow. And whatever else we are worried about, that is still long term. And how we will fade in the cover, what will happen on the day of Qiyamah, how we will answer that day. And all these various phases that will proceed from there, that is as imminent as now. Only Allah knows. If somebody leaves the dunya now, he's already there. And none of us has got the guarantee that we will leave this masjid alive. So that is the thing that we are least worried about. Or if there is a worry, it is a distant worry. Whereas this concern should be the primary concern. Other things are in its place. It's natural. It's human nature. A person will be concerned about all these things. He will then accordingly, that concern will drive him to do various things. Now the load shedding is a concern for him. So now he's buying some generator. Or he's buying some other inverters. And whatever other arrangements he needs to make to keep the lights on. So he's doing what he's doing because of that concern that's driving him towards it. And other things in life, that concern drives him. So that's human nature, and it's fine, within the limits of Sharia, whatever he has to do, he will do. But the primary concern in a person's life should be how he is going to fare on the day of Qiyam. And that will dictate how he conducts his life here now. And therefore Allah Ta'ala is saying to us in the Quran Sharif, that if you want to fare well on the day of Qiyamah, you want to be able to answer those questions easily in the Qabr, in fact, before the day of Qiyamah already. Then, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amurud khuluf fissilmi kafa. O you who believe, enter into Islam totally, kafa. Wala tattabi'u khutuwaati shaytan. Don't follow in the footsteps of shaytan. He is your open enemy. This ayat Allah says, fi Enter into Islam fully. This kafa is related to two aspects. One is entering fully. Sometimes a person has entered with his heart in terms of his aqidah and belief. Alhamdulillah, that is the foundation. But he hasn't entered with his eyes. In terms of action and practice, Alhamdulillah, his heart, there's Iman in his heart. That is the greatest wealth that anybody can have. But he hasn't entered with his eyes. He's still looking at haram. But as Allah Ta'ala says, Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and protect their chastity. Part of him is inside. His heart is inside, Alhamdulillah. But his eyes are not inside. His eyes are still outside. That he's still looking at haram. He's still casting lustful glances. His phone is running wild. He's closing the door and sitting on the internet. And only Allah knows best what's going on. And indeed Allah knows what's going on. You can hide from the whole world. You can't hide from Allah. Ya Allah knows the deception of the eye and what the heart conceals. 
So his eyes, that too has to be in. This is also part of kafa. His ears must also be in. That he's listening to only what Allah Ta'ala has permitted. Those ears are not listening to music. They're not listening to ghibat. They're not listening to all other obscenities. His tongue must also enter into Islam. That the tongue is speaking that which is good. Say to my, my slaves that they must say that which is best. Now let us take a little bit of reflection of ourselves. In our businesses, in our homes, we've mentioned this on other occasions as well, but this doesn't evade, unfortunately, and as a result, this is something we have to keep repeating. How many a times a person cut in the cause of the discussion, and he wants to know, but why am I always being swarmed with the most vulgar languages in the workplace? And my non-Muslim colleagues are also asking this question, that is this what your religion really teaches? That if you make a mistake, then your employer must now swear you in the most vulgar words? Is this the fulfilling the dictates of Enter into Islam fully, the tongue was also enter into Islam. And what an example this sets for others, that dunya becomes the primary thing. Something goes haywire with the dunya, everything else will be sacrificed. A person's honor will be run down, a person's mother will be sworn at, and Iman and Islam, that's a faraway thing. So, the tongue must also be in Islam. The heart must also be in Islam in over and above the aspect of Iman, the qualities of Iman. That that heart must be in Islam in terms of being clean from all the maladies of the heart. That that heart is cleansed of pride, is cleansed of hasad and jealousy. That fire which burns within a person, and only burns him, doesn't burn anybody else. But while burning him, burns his good deeds also. Al-hasadu ya'kulul hasanat kama ta'kulul narul hatab. Abhi Islam says, jealousy burns up a person's good deeds like fire consumes wood. So the heart being clean from takabbur, from pride, from malice, from jealousy, from greed, from all the other maladies that affect the heart. Now the heart must also be in Islam in this manner, completely. And from head to toe, the person has entered into Islam. This is the one dictate of And then the other part of it is entering into entire Islam. One is entering fully from head to toe into Islam. Not that the heart is in Islam, but the eyes are not in Islam. Or the ears are not in Islam, or the tongue is out. Oh, entirely, head to toe, a person has entered into Islam. And then entering into total Islam. What is this entering into total Islam? That somebody has entered into Aqaid, but his ibadat, there's no sign of ibadat. And that is not a cause of concern for him. As we said, we started off on the point, we are all very worried. We are very concerned. Allah's Nabi Islam was also very concerned. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas bin he narrated after the Hajjat al-Wada, Nabi Sallallahu had completed the rites of Hajj, and he held on then, after he came back to Makkah Mukarramah, he held on to the handhold of the Kaaba Sharif, the door of the Kaaba Sharif. And then he addressed the people, and 
He said, Ya Ibn Nas. They responded, Labbaik, Ya Rasulullah, Yufdika Abauna wa Ummahatuna. If you are present, O Nabi of Allah, may our parents be sacrificed for you. So Abdullah bin Abbas in our days, after the people responded in this way, Summa Baka Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Then Nabi sallallahu began crying. Hatta ala intihabu. And then it reached the point of sobbing. Now a person cries over something that is a source of very deep concern for him. Something that is really a very, very crucial issue. Louis Sallam is crying, he never cried over his personal self. He never cried even over the difficulties of the worldly difficulties of his near and dear ones. Yes, he did what was necessary that he could. But rarely you'll find that. But what he cried for was a concern for the Ummah. And here Nabi Sallallahu is not just crying, he said, Hatta ala intihabu. To the point that his crying then became sobbing. And then he said, that Ya Ayyuhan Nas, Faqal Ya Ayyuhan Nas, Inni ukhbirukum bi asharatil qiyamah. I want to tell you some of the signs of qiyamah. And then he said, Inna min asharatil qiyamah, Imatatas salawat, wa ittiba'a shahawat. Among the signs of qiyamah is that salah will be discarded. Now let us again look at our concern the load shedding and the price fluctuation over the currency fluctuations and the cost of living going up. All these things are in its place. We are humans. So these things have some effect on us. But look at the concern of Rasulullah and let us reflect that on ourselves. Let us remember this cry in the time of Fajr. That he cried for us. Out of concern for us. What did my woman do at the time of Fajr? At the time of Zohar Asan Maghrib Hatta ala intihabu, that crying became a sobbing. Over what? That the time will come when my ummah will discard salah. One person I met one day, so I didn't know him, so he's introducing himself to me. He said, I'm so and so, and maybe you don't know me because I'm a Friday Muslim. So it was the first time I heard the phrase a Friday Muslim. What does a Friday Muslim mean? A Muslim? Ya kafa. Enter into Islam entirely. A Friday Muslim? There's no such thing as a Friday Muslim. A Muslim is a Muslim day and night. Five times a day at the time of Salah, he's a Muslim in the Masjid, there's a Muslim outside. He's a Muslim in his business, he's a Muslim in his home. He's a Muslim while awake, he's a Muslim while asleep also. So this aspect, Nabi Stasim says that among the signs of Qiyam, discarding of Salah, for ittiba' al-shahawat, and people will live a life of total obedience to their passions and desires. What I want is what I will do. What Allah is saying, what Nabi Islam has said, what is the guidance of the Quran and Sunnah, that later, we'll worry about that later. Now look back to the full. Now whatever I desire, no obstruction, no impediment, nothing must come in my way. I must do what I want. This Nabi Islam cried about holding onto the door of the Kaaba If I desire to speak something, I will speak it. I desire to look at something, I will look at it. I desire to do something, I will do it. 
I desire to go somewhere, I will go. Whether it is permissible or not, it doesn't bother me. Bother me in any way. It doesn't affect me in any way. Nabi Islam cried away, it also doesn't bother me. Allah Ta'ala forbid and save us. So a Muslim, he will enter into total Islam also. He will enter totally from head to toe. He'll enter totally into Islam as well. Whether it is now his ibadats, whether it is his mu'amalat, his dealings, his monetary dealings, that too will not be something that now he makes some exclusions for himself. That I will perform my salah, I will be a very good Muslim in the masjid, but in my business leave me to myself. When the ayat of the Quran Sharif was revealed, that all intoxicants and all the forms of gambling, all this is rich, it is total filth from the handiwork of shaitan. Allah is saying, totally refrain from this. Now this was something which this order came, and in one moment, incidents we have heard that the streets of Madinah Munawara were flowing with that wine that people had in their hands they threw away, somebody had it in his mouth, he spat it out, somebody had it in his house, he took it and threw it away, and the streets were flowing with wine. One Sahabi was not in Madinah Munawara at that time. He had sold up whatever he had and taken his whole life's capital and had gone to Sham to Syria. And that entire life's capital he had taken and bought a whole consignment of wine. And he's now returning to Madinah Munawara with this in mind that I have spent my whole capital in buying this and now is the time to come here and sell it because this is important stuff. So anything imported has a higher value. So now is the time to make a great profit. And his whole life's earning like this. And he's still on the outskirts. And somebody informs him that this is the ayat of the Quran that was revealed. So he stops right there and leaves it there. He doesn't even bring it in any further. He comes to Rasulullah and he explains that this is what has happened. And what should I be doing now? The Beast says this is the ayat of Allah. The Quran has already spoken. And this is all impermissible in terms of khamar and wine. This is something, all things that relate to it. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam has cursed 10 people that are associated with it. The buyer, the seller, the one who gives it to somebody, the one who receives it, the one who transports it, the one who has any association with it whatsoever. Sometimes the person says, when I go, you see, the, this is a very big customer. And if I don't give him this, what is going to be easy? He might go somewhere else. That person, in order for our risk, we have to entertain him with haram. As if Allah Ta'ala won't give us risk if we don't entertain people with haram. So this person, when he, Nabi Islam gives him this direction, he walks from there, goes immediately to where this entire consignment is kept, and destroys the whole thing in one go, without backing an idol. This is Muhammad. That is totally done in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And if Allah Ta'ala is displeased with something, you never touch it. That is Udkhulu Fissilmi Kafra, entering into total Islam. Together with Iman and Ibadah, Aqayid, and entering into the Ibadah, that a person's salah is in order, it's time for Hajj, and his Hajj is firm, is going for Hajj. His Zakat is up to date. But together with that, his Mu'amalat are up to date also. That too is above board. That too is the dictates of Udkhulu Fissilmi Kafra. 
Unfortunately, many of us say, well, you see, business is a different thing. You can't compete in the world out there without interest. Whereas that which Allah Ta'ala has brought his lana down, the beast also says, Allah's curse has come upon the one who takes interest. The one who gives it. The one who witnessed it in such a detestable thing. Even the person who merely witnessed it. Somebody recorded it. All are equal in the sun. A person says, no, I can't do without it. One is a person acknowledges his wrong. What I'm doing is wrong. My weakness. But a statement where a person belittles some command of Sharia, this can't be applicable anymore. That is bringing our Imam on the brink. Allah forbid if it's already gone. So the Muamalat also have to be in order. Now this is the dictate of Ukhuru Fistilmi Kafa, enter totally into Islam. Our Muasharat has to be in order. And in this Muasharat, and in this Muamalat is linked up the aspects of inheritance. One person went to visit somebody, one pious person went to visit somebody who was very, very ill. And as he sat at this person's bedside, that person, it was late at night, there was a one, one candle lit there for the light. And this person now was in his last moments, and a short while later, he passed away. There were several people in that room. This pious person immediately extinguished that candle. The others were all left in darkness. Somebody said, what are you doing? There's no light here, you extinguish the candle. He says, this candle belongs to this person who passed away. While he was alive, it was being lit and burnt for his benefit. Because his guests were here, so that was his benefit. He's passed away now, it no more belongs to him. It belongs to his heirs. We haven't taken their permission. And if there's any yatim and often among them, his permission also is of no, no effect. So we are not allowed to use this for one second more without the owner's permissions. Now this is a person who has the reality of So the complete mu'asharat in terms of relationships, how we treat our parents, our wives, Allah is interceding, treat them kindly in the world. Do we do that? Is this part of, not part of Islam? And is this not part of this dictate of Umkhuluf Isimbi Kafa? Part of this Mu'asharat, how do we conduct our functions and weddings, for example, our nikahs? There's an incident, time is already up, but just to finish off on this, an incident which actually shakes a person, when one reflects on it in reality. Something that will really make a person think twice before he does many things. Abdurrahman bin Awf, he's a muhajir. Not just a muhajir, is among the Ashara and Mubashara. Those ten Sahaba who Nabi Islam gave special glad tidings of Jannah while they walked on the earth. He comes to Nabi Islam, Nabi Islam sees something on his clothes, which was a sign of some scent, which was also leave some color. Like a person applies ether, sometimes that ether is very deep colored, it will leave some. So those days that generally would be the case, that that ether would leave some color. This was now something, it was a sign, especially the particular ether he used. So Nabi Sallallahu is in Madinah Munawwara. He asked him that, Abdul Rahman, everything is fine, something has happened. He said, yes, Nabi of Allah, I got married. I got married. Where he got married? In Sham? In Makkah Mukarramah? I just got married. And he's also a Muhajir. And the best, the, the chances are great that all the Muhajirin were living around one another. So he was not living far off from Rasulullah. 
and he's in Medina Munawwara. And Nabi is not informed, neither on this occasion he felt it necessary to even excuse himself. Please make me mad, I didn't inform you. And neither did Nabi think that there was any reason for him to have informed him. Like nowadays, somebody didn't inform us, I wasn't hungry for your plate of food, at least you have told me, I should make some dua at least. I would have come for the burqa or the nikah. So in other words, that's a very nice way of saying I'm very offended. Nabi Stasun didn't take any offense. And this is a nikah that has taken place in Medina Munawwara. The least was that he would have thought maybe just take the burqat. But he knew the greatest burqat is in what Nabi Stasun's desire is. In doing it how Nabi Stasun wants it to be done. And the last Nabi Stasun said, Inna Adaman nikahi mauna. That the nikah wherein the greatest barakat is, is that nikah which has, wherein the least expense has been incurred. Now all this is part of deen. And then our akhlaq, what kind of character we have, all the aspects of akhlaq, this is all part of the Islam. Udkhuluf is still nikafa, enter into Islam entirely, from head to toe, and into total Islam, from the ibadat till the akhlaqiyat, every aspect of deen. So this requires an effort. When a person is concerned, is concerned about the globe shedding, then he's buying some generator, he doesn't have a generator, or he doesn't, can't afford a generator, he's buying an inverter, or he's buying some backup lighting, he's putting some gas stoves on, whatever else has to be done, that concern is driving him to do it. But one day our lights are going to go out of this dunya forever. The lights of dunya may still come and go, but one day we will, our lights will be shut off from dunya forever. It'll be gone in the cover. We have to light up the cover as well. We have to light up the cover with righteous amal. We have to light up the day of Qiyamah. That day also when nur and light will be required. And when the munafiqeen will be without light. And they will say, يَوْمَ يَقُولُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالْمُنَافِقَاتُ لِلَّذِينَ آمُنُوا ذُرُونَا نَقْتَبِسْ مِنْ نُورِكُمْ The munafiqeen will say to the believers, please let us have some of your light. They'll say, Go back to the dunya and live your life from there. Now it's too late to get light. You should have bought your generator there. You should have bought your inverter there. And your backup lighting there. So that backup lighting and that generator and inverter is all in amal. In coming totally to Islam, that requires an effort. If that concern is there, like the concern for dunya moves us. The concern for akhirat will move us. It will move us to seek deen from the people of deen from being in the company of the Ahlullah and the pious, from being in the environments of deen, becoming part of the work of Dawud and Tabliq, so that we come out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and enliven this heart. Go to the Ahlullah and enliven this heart, so that in this way we will get the focus right. And together with the little concerns of dunya, we get the main concern of Akhirat. Allah Ta'ala, give me all of this talking.